Hey everyone, welcome back to the Naked Without Shame podcast. This is Megan speaking. Uh, we are excited to have you listen in or watch us uh, discuss more about the concept of openness to life and the language of the body. This time we're going to be particularly focusing on on IVF and uh, what it means to come into existence. Stay tuned. Okay, everyone, before we begin our conversation, and I will be having a conversation with Morgan. She's tuning in. I know I'm sitting here by myself. I'm not going to have a conversation by myself, so hang tight. I'm just going to give our little announcements as always. Uh, first, I would like you to consider joining our patronage community. If you go to the naked without shame show.com, you can see different giving levels um, financially to support Morgan and I's podcast. If you've been enjoying the content, we'd really appreciate you considering making a donation so we can continue doing what we're doing and sharing our thoughts about Theology of the Body and the truths that John Paul II wanted to share with the world. So if you go to that website, you can um, also see our videos and yeah, check out what we're doing with the podcast. And uh, if you are interested in just being more involved in Awaken Catholic and want to see other videos or meet other Catholics or people in the Awaken community, you can download the Awaken app. Um, there's other options like prayers. There's a shop. There's lots of different uh, cool features on this app and it's free. So if you go to the awakenapp.io, you can get that for yourself. Okay. Hey, Morgan. <laughs> Hello. How you doing? Good? good? Good. Good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. good. Yes. She's from afar again, as I said, but from afar, from afar, but, but, but hey, we're going to do our best. So yep. yeah. Okay. Well, we are going to, as I said before, discuss in vitro fertilization, openness mm -hmm. to life. And kind of more of the, the philosophical question of, does it matter how we come into existence? Yes. Right? So because of technology, we have these, these means that allow human life to be created outside of the womb. And so we just want to talk about that, um, that, I guess, notion, that possibility, and then what, what it means for I guess our human experience um, does yeah. it really matter how how we're born or how we come into existence? So sure. that's going to be our conversation. Um, this is a topic worthy of uh, once again giving some disclaimers. Right, we know that there are many people who are conceived through in vitro fertilization um, out of the desire of the parents to want to have family, to want to be parents, and um, to have have children and that is a good desire. So mm -hmm. um, we we know that maybe somebody who's listening is having is has had that experience, right? That you were conceived through IVF. So or they've used IVF. Or used IVF. Conceive. Yes, exactly. Right. Yep. So we are just going to offer a perspective. We're going to propose um, some some thoughts and 
hopefully along the way we'll, uh, yeah, kind of, kind of get more to, um, I don't know what I want to say. Um, <laughs> well, we want to share, we want to share thoughts about it. Um, but yeah. I guess the point is I'll just say it now, right? Like we do not believe that no matter how, you know, life is life and life is good. Right. So that's yes. the point, no matter how you've been conceived, how you were born, um, it's, it's good that you exist. I guess that's, yeah. that's so always the message. Never, yes. Mm-hmm. Never hear what we're saying. Um, as you are less human or less valuable or have less dignity if you were conceived in sort of these unideal circumstances that we're going to say, we're going to say they're unideal, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't have any bearing or influence on your dignity as a person. And as we're going to talk about, there are many unideal, you know, circumstances through which people are conceived and there have been for, you know, since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. And that's not against you. Um, in your journey towards happiness and holiness. Um, mm-hmm. But we're going to talk about, again, the, the church teaching regarding this and why Why does the church teach that these um, methods of conception are against what's best for us as mm-hmm. humans. Um, mm-hmm. So holding those two things together, we're going to say what the church teaches, but we're also going to say, like, you know, never, never with the church um, proclaim that these people are lesser somehow. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll like, we'll unpack how that is. So. Absolutely. Okay. Thanks yeah. for helping me out there, Morgan. <laughs> yeah. No, you did a good job. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Okay. <laughs> um, great. Okay. So let's, let's start then. Um, so I guess maybe just define terms, right? So in vitro fertilization, if you don't know what that is, it's the conception of life, um, I guess, through scientific means, right? So mm-hmm. sperm and egg are put together in a lab and um, kind of created by, by someone working to, to be able to then grow and implant back into the womb of the mother to have the baby. So that's mm-hmm. generally, you know, what, what that process is. Yeah. And just to say too, we're, we're going to be mainly focusing on IVF because I feel like it's maybe the most common of these, we'll call them ARTs, artificial reproductive mm. technologies, but there's many artificial reproductive technologies. Um, I mean, big ones would be also artificial insemination and the various forms of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also surrogacy, right? Mm-hmm. There's another, I mean, it's different, but similar. I mean, we'd have a similar point mm-hmm. about it of how it's sort of, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, not, not ideal basically. And we'll unpack why. Mm-hmm. Right. So, okay. Very cool. Thanks Morgan. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So the question, does it matter how we come into existence? That's the, that's like the crux. That's the question. Yes. Right. So, yeah. I mean, outside of techn the use of technological means, right the way that people for since the beginning of time have been coming into existence was very naturally right through intercourse right conception intercourse yeah baby <laughs> that's yes. that's like the process um yeah. so you know and and we've talked about the idea of like means and ends too and and that will 
you know, if the end is this beautiful life and it's good that the person exists, like, does the means really matter? Exactly. Right. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. So I mean, maybe, it's so easy to say to, to just, yeah. Assume that like, okay, you're creating life, creating life is good. Why do you care so much? Why are you always, you know, like we said last time, like being such a party pooper and yeah. like being kind of so like nitpicky about these things. Like why is the church, why does the church do, do that essentially? And so we want to mm-hmm. kind of, yeah, right. unpack how yeah. we don't think that's the case, but mm-hmm. why not? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's start like just very basically, right. With like the, like the nature of things, right. So the reality is that like to exist, like you do need a mom and a dad to some degree, right. You need a mom and dad. That's, that's like. Yeah. That's natural. And that educates us on something about ourselves, right? That we come from others, right? That, that we Mm -hmm. exist from other people. We like, and we exist from, we exist from the union, Mm -hmm. from their love. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Once again, ideally, right. But the, the union, yes, there's, there's, two people who are able to create life. Two people give themselves to each other. You know, we talked in our last episode mm-hmm. a ton about this idea of like mutual self gift and how that is the language of the body in sexuality. Um, and that is the design that God has for people to come into the world. And why does that matter? Does that matter? Yes. Yeah. Is going to ultimately be our question. Right. What's the significance of that? Mm-hmm. Or can we just dispense of it and just say, okay, well, that that's the natural way, but there are artificial ways and both do the same thing. Um, what I always think of when um, I'm thinking about this question um, is a movie I saw several years ago. And honestly, like, it's a really complicated movie and I'm not like, it's called Blade Runner, Blade Runner, Blade Runner 2049. And um, there's like so much to it. And it's kind of one of those things that you can nerd out about. But I'm just going to give the very, very simple, my takeaway as someone who doesn't really know anything about this whole Blade Runner series thing that started in the 80s and then is like was continued recently with this Ryan Gosling movie. Um, so the the thing that I took away from it is the um, the main character is a replicant um, so he, a replicant means he's like an artificial intelligence. He's AI. Um, so he was created by man. He's a, he's a man-made being. He's not a natural, he's not a human. Um, and it's very complicated again, but the, the message of the movie for me was that this character, Ryan Gosling, I've got his actual name in the movie. <laughs> it wasn't Ryan Gosling in the movie. <laughs> no, it wasn't Ryan Gosling. Um, but so he, he he had this very, very strong desire to have been born and not made. So there was this question mm-hmm. of whether replicants could be born and if, if they could reproduce. And that would mean to him that they that he was human or he was as good as human. So there's this significance for him. And it doesn't really explain why. It's this very sort of intuitive um, thing for him of like, I 
if I was born and not made, that means something mm. to my humanity. It means something to the kind of being that I am. So mm-hmm. he, it would mean, yeah, it would mean that the sort of, it would just mean everything to him. So th- this is his whole pursuit is like trying to discover whether he was born or not made um, or, or made, whether he was born or made. So mm-hmm. I just found right. this movie fascinating because it really, without being like this kind of like, again, it doesn't, it's not on this like moral pedestal at all. It's not like making a moral claim. It's just saying that like within the human psyche, I think, especially now we have these anxieties about, yeah, like with all these artificial reproductive technologies becoming so prevalent and so popular, like we have this anxiety about like, what does that mean for our humanity? I'm willing to say, and it, again, it's, it's really not something we talk about on the moral level. It comes up more in like the sort of psychological level. Mm-hmm. Like it's this, this anxiety. And you know, I mean, people always say this about sci-fi, that like sci-fi is like the place where our anxieties regarding technology come out, you know, and it's a sort of like, mm. we're really terrified yeah, that technology is going to overtake our humanity, but we don't, we don't talk about it like in the public in, within public discourse, we talk about it in sci-fi. It comes out in the imagination, right? It's like sort of just subconscious almost, um, these anxieties. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So I think that's yeah. where we really see like the truth of it. Like this is really like a very deep, it, it wells up within the human mind, in the, in the human heart, really. This, this um, yeah, like this like, question of like, what does it mean to be born, not made? You know? Yeah, and even like, what does it mean once again to be human? But like, exactly. yeah, where where do I come from? I think there's yeah, a real... What is technology doing to my humanity? I guess that's the big mm-hmm. question. Of mm-hmm. Like, okay, so we have these technologies and it's all so good, whatever. Like life is easier now. Mm-hmm. We're able to do so much more. Right. And But what does it mean for my humanity? Will it influence my humanity mm-hmm. somehow? And after you shared that example, like I think it does, right? And that's what I think we want to get to right. the heart of in this talk. Right. So yeah. what is that? What is that kind of unrest? Right. Of yes. of wanting to know these these origin questions, really, and like have them yeah. settled. Like, like, yes. where do I come from? Like, why do I exist? Like, I didn't exist. And then all of a sudden I existed. Right. Yeah. So I, I kind of like as you were talking, made me think about like the notion of home too, like like the, the desire to have home. And like a place, like, like a place to rest, a place of knowing where you belong as well as to be from somewhere. Yes. To know like how you came into being. And I think that every human person can, can experience this like question in the heart, right? Because in a way, like it, it's planted by God to, to know where we came from, but then also where we're going. Yeah. 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 And And it points our ultimate, like we're ultimately from God. But that, the way that that is sort of communicated to us, that being from God, mm-hmm. like through the physical world. So like God is spirit, right? Like he can't communicate himself except through the physical. I mean, that's sort of like the very like radical Christian claim is that like God speaks through the physical world. Mm-hmm. And so like ultimately, yeah. So what I'm trying to say is ultimately we're from God. We know that, you know, for Christians, we know that. But like the specific way in which that's, that's manifested physically. So like we talked about in our last episode about like the, the spouses, the husband and wife are co-creators with God. 
And like that, what we're trying to say, I think what we're going to try to unpack in this episode is that means something mm-hmm. that we're from this exchange of spouses and this exchange of love that has something to say about who we are. It's not arbitrary. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Precisely because as you said, like, I think this is a really important point that God communicates through the physical, yes. right? God, God communicates love in the physical world because we are physical, spiritual beings, but we can experience yeah. things in the physical world. And so he, the way he communicates is through love. And as the, the- theology body explains like the importance, as you're saying, of the union between the two man and woman, yeah. and that that communicates something like ultra significant about love and about who God yeah. is. And it's so it's a sign. It's a sign. Right. So like we talk about how God speaks. I don't know if we've said this before. We probably have. God speaks in sign language. This mm-hmm. is also a very big Christopher West um, mm-hmm. phrase. Mm-hmm. But yeah, God speaks in sign language. So this what is the sign language of the natural means of procreation? What does that say? Right. And what does it say that a child if the child understands the origin through the union of his or her parents, like mm-hmm. how do, how does God communicate that to the child, right? God's saying like you are loved and you are cared for not only by your parents, but by me, right? Yeah. And, and like you belong to me actually, like you belong to these people, but you belong to me. Yeah. And like, yeah. And also with the, the, intactness and the stability and the bond of a family, you know, that, you know, hopefully like, you know, that you can rely also on your parents, you know, that they're going to be there for you, that love is constant, right? Um, love, love is, is present in your, in your life. So just giving some examples of trying to highlight how the child, right. When asking these questions or, or, even just through experience as a child, like you see love communicated through the physical in the parents. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. So exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So right now we are kind of talking more kind of like metaphysically and, and philosophically to make points about these questions that everybody has and the importance of knowing your origin. Right. And, yeah. and what, the natural outcome of, of being born will teach a child about who he or she is. Can you think of anything else, Morgan, um, about like what, what that way of coming into the world of being born can communicate about where the child comes from? Can you think of anything else? Yeah, I think that, yes, I think so. Um, for me, it's, like we've, again, we've sort of said, we unpacked a lot last time in our first edition of the Openness to Life series, um, that the act, the natural act of procreation of sex is a total gift of self without reservation. So there's this complete self-giving that doesn't, okay, and then this other element it doesn't like it's not saying when we come together and we give ourselves to each other like that will necessarily we can then decide okay i'm going to create life 
right? Like this, we're going to do this thing (laughs) and then we're going to have a baby, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's not what sex communicates. Sex communicates a total gift of self that is open to the mystery of life. So it's open to the the possibility of God's action. So it's a kind of co-action. We see like this, this idea of co-action a man co-acts with God. Mm-hmm. Right. So like in, in the spousal embrace in sex, mm-hmm. most clearly, like mm-hmm. we're doing something and we're open to this gift, but we don't create it. We don't make it. It's, it's a, it's precisely a gift. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something we, we make if that makes sense. Yes. So that's the language of natural procreation. It's this connection to the mystery. Sounds very esoteric, <laughs> but it's a very CL community yeah. liberation thing to say too. Yeah. But it's, it's a, I think it's a really good way of saying it. Mm. It's this connection to the mystery, like this. Yeah. And yeah. What, this what you force said that I don't beautiful. have any control over and that, and that mm-hmm. then, yeah, like, just it ultimately decides like what's going to happen in this, in this act. And mm-hmm. it's, so I think that, so being born naturally, right. And through, you know, the way that it's designed to be the God designed, what that says is two things. I'm made from a, a love. I'm made from love. Okay. I'm made from this total gift of self between my parents. Right. And that total gift of self this is the second dimension of it within it with inherently within itself, right. Has this openness to God openness to the action of God. Yes. I think that's really okay. important. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So that I think when, when I'm trying to like psychoanalyze this like Blade Runner movie, like why is it that this guy cares so much about being born I really think that this is what it's trying to get at. That it's this idea that if I'm born, I am not just made from, I'm, I'm not man-made, right? I'm not like a machine. I mean, like, I mean, I never, never, never say that someone created outside of natural reproduction is a machine. No. But this is, I'm, again, I'm trying to get behind the, the logic of this Blade Runner man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like to be to be born communicates something of this connection to transcendence connection to god connection to right. the mystery whatever you want to call it okay mm-hmm. and that is being more directly communicated so that is the case with every human life that we're connected to god that is the most fundamental reality of every human person no matter how they're conceived right. but what i and I think that, yeah, I think the church mm-hmm. ultimately, but I'm hopefully speaking with the church here. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to say is that that communication, that sign language is most clear in natural reproduction. And outside of natural reproduction, it becomes to some extent obscured. It doesn't become lost. Okay, so that's again very very important doesn't it never is lost but it's it's the sign language is obscured slightly so that person doesn't understand as clearly as easily as readily that this connection to the mystery does that make sense yes yeah i i mean i'm understanding what you're saying okay. i think it i think those 
I think what you said like was so beautiful to like kind of once again give dignity to all human life, right? Like, yeah, it's good that we exist. There is a way though that God has created that we just participate in that communicates the best who he is. And then we look at that as a child or as we grow up into adulthood and say, oh, like this, where I came from, from my family, from my parents' love is significant to who Mm -hmm. God is. And that's what I'm really seeking. I'm seeking God. And that provides me the answers to my life and to the meaning of my life. Yeah. Yeah. And it's this, it's sort of this intuitive thing that we can talk about other, I mean, ways that the, we were, we were talking about, um, other ways that the, our origin sort of impacts us psychologically and in our our sort of self-understanding. Like we intuit from a young age, like to be from love, like means something about who I am. So I see my parents and I see their love. I see their generosity. I see their total self-giving you know, in all these facets of their lives. And like, this gives me a security in who I am as a human, that I am made from this love. My roots are in this love. This is incredibly, it sounds so like foo-foo-y and like in the clouds, but this, I mean, you study psychology, this is incredibly important for the development of the human psyche. And again, like there are wounds here. So we're going to, I mean, the IVF or artificial reproduction is definitely not the only wound of origin, right? There's Correct. so many wounds of origin that we could talk about. And, and probably all of us have them. <laughs> so I, yes, I mean, we do all I'm have them. To start, everyone yeah. has, because of original sin, yes. everyone has a sort of wound of origin, a wound in this like communication of what it means to right. be from love, right? right? right. No because, family does this right. perfectly. No family is perfect. No. Can, can yeah. communicate can communicate that love perfectly. Yeah, in this but life, the the mo- the healthy psyche like is developed. I mean, and we know this. This is like, I mean, I think just objectively true. Like the healthy psyche is developed through this through these relationships of love, through the security of being loved. And you see this so clearly with like you know attachment theory. Or something like that of like the the child develops through like a healthy attachment to the mother and father and like they're able to be free they're able to grow they're able to learn when they have the security okay so like mm-hmm. i guess my point is that like this idea of like your origin being important is not just like in the clouds i think it's a very concrete it's something we intuit from a very 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 young age and we're willing to say that this this ultimate origin, even though like, you know, obviously we don't remember (laughs) how we're conceived. Um, but this still like has this, I mean, like my knowledge of how I'm conceived, like has this impact on me and it can create, if if it's in an unideal circumstance, if it's outside of this um, exchange of love, um, that we're talking about in natural reproduction, like that, again, it doesn't compromise my dignity, but it is a wound. In the same way that there are so many wounds of origin that we experience. And that's something that has to be looked at, has to be healed by God, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, because the communication is off, right? Mm-hmm. The reality, the objective reality is still there, but the communication of it is a little off. Mm-hmm. So, that needs to be healed. Does that make right. sense? Yes. Okay. So, going off of that, let's say, for example, a couple, 
very in love, wants a child, very good desire, right, to have a family, can't conceive naturally, so they choose artificial means like IVF. Yeah. So what does then that communicate to the child about who God is? Because if, you know, they could develop and, and know that they're loved by their parents and everything is, you know, everything is great in, you know, more intact in the family yeah. unit. But what does that say then about God and what you were saying about the notion of mystery and gift? What do you think yeah. it, it communicates to someone um, just kind of subconsciously even? What, is the, mm-hmm. what does that communicate about God? Yeah. Again, when I say this, it's never to demonize anyone mm-hmm. or to like be uncompassionate. Um, but I think that also we have to, you know, sort of speak what's what we think is true. Um, I think that the risk of this kind of um, method of conception is that it communicates that nature is not good. Nature is not a gift from God. And it's something that I have to kind of take into my own control. Mm. I have to use technology to like kind of make up for the fact that nature is not from God, right? Or for and me, this or is, again, causes me like, suffering. Yes, it causes mm-hmm. suffering, and the suffering is not meaningful. This is the other big piece of this equation, I think, of like what I think artificial reproduction says is that a suffering that I've been given by God in this, you know, and, and the suffering is so deep, and like I, I want to completely acknowledge mm-hmm. and validate that. That suffering of infertility is like one of the deepest deepest, deepest wounds or the deepest struggles that anyone could be given. So it's again, it's not to invalidate it. It's just to say that like, like any suffering as Catholics, we believe that this has the potential to be fruitful if it's given by God and to kind of like exit out of that using these means is to kind of assert that there's nothing for me in this suffering right okay mm-hmm. there's, there's not the potential for the suffering to be fruitful it's just meaningless and so i'm gonna just get out of it i'm gonna like mm-hmm. do my own thing here mm-hmm. and again it's it's operating out of this modern mentality that nature doesn't have anything to do with god right i mean i think people right. who I mean, you talk like this to someone who uses ivf and they just say well okay but like i what is the, what do the two things have to do with each other like i mm-hmm. i you know maybe they believe in god maybe they like really love god but they don't necessarily see how that has to, what that has to do with nature and the natural course of reproduction specifically. Mm-hmm. How are those two things connected? Right. So like, mm-hmm. right. Because some would say also that like, well, God allowed man to have the mind to create technology. So yeah. maybe like we can, can use technology to, create life and God is connected to that somehow. Yeah. Right? So then it's, it's helpful to clarify, like what is a proper then use of technology, right? I mean, we talked about this before on this podcast, but like, how is this not a problem? We're, we're, you know, kind of asserting like, this is not a proper use of technology. Why? Do you have any thoughts, Megan? <laughs> Why is this not a proper use? I think based on what you were saying before, which I would like to talk about more hear more from you about is like the the idea of control 
And mm. I think that's maybe one of our biggest criticisms of technology, right? Is is that like we, it allows us to kind of take things into our own hands and and create outside of the bounds of like how God has naturally intended things to be. Mm-hmm. So anytime mm-hmm. we step over that boundary and and kind of sidestep the natural processes of things, it's just, it's something to call into question in your heart. Uh-huh. Like, is this something I am controlling or is this something that I must receive? Yeah. Right. I think that's the distinction. Like is, is my suffering of infertility something that God is asking me to carry or is it that it's okay to take it kind of into my own hands and once again, like sidestep the natural process to use another process of creating life Mm -hmm. and is, you know, is that okay? So yeah. I I think you know it's it's a question that I want our listeners to to think about to really think about yeah. because we're to just start, plant, yeah. we're just planting seeds here right or we're just like kind of offering we're offering yeah. some thoughts but yeah, yeah, um yeah. I, yeah I think what we would say though is that yes like when you sidestep that natural process as hard as that might be there is an element of control that once again takes away this this mystery and transcendence and gift Mm -hmm. that is communicated through this, like the language of the body in natural conception. Right. So, yeah. And, and so we're not saying like, there are kind of certain technologies. I don't know if you really call them technologies in the proper sense, but there are ways that we could naturally aid someone who's experiencing infertility. So like NAPRO technology, natural procreative technology Mm -hmm. is like a huge, I mean, it's, I think oftentimes, like, I don't actually don't know the statistics, but I think in a lot of ways, I've I've heard people say it's just as successful as IVF because Mm -hmm. it it Mm -hmm. heals the body. It's, its goal is to heal the body and aid in the natural course of reproduction, right? Whereas IVF, like you're saying, sidesteps that, doesn't see that as important or significant. And then maybe it works or maybe it doesn't. For a lot of people, it doesn't work you know, mm-hmm. so, cause okay. it's never, it's not healing the body. It's, it's focus is not to heal the body. So I think really when we're talking about this difference between like a technological in a bad way, um, I see. Yeah. I see your um, point. Yeah. Means of, of, um, cre- creation mm-hmm. of life versus a natural one with the technological one. Um, it's falsifying the nature of something as opposed to aiding the nature. So like a good technology would be aiding the nature because we're seeing still, we're honoring that the nature has meaning. Whereas with the other one, we're getting rid of the nature saying, okay, we don't care about the nature. We're just going to do this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And like you're saying, sidestepping that natural process. Mm-hmm. So you see, I mean, is that, is that yeah. Kind of clear? Yeah. Like the, yeah. yeah. I like the distinction between um, aiding the process and sidestepping or, you know, yes. kind of, um, dismissing Canceling out or yeah. Falsif- exactly. falsification exactly. of it. Right. Yeah. 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 Okay. So I guess in terms of like the, going back to like kind of the psychological philosophical kind of origin question, I think like to, to summarize, I think the, the points that I've taken away from this conversation are the importance of like, once again, transcendence, mystery and gift that God communicates best through 
like the natural yeah. means of conception. Yeah. And and the, and somehow that yes. will psychologically be be helpful for child development or for the development of the person mm-hmm. as we're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Once again, not that you can't belong to like a really loving, good family if you're conceived from IVF and be perfectly fine. It's like a deeper question of like our meaning. I think we're trying to like advocate for. Right. Yes, exactly. So exactly. Yeah. yeah. And one communicates better Mm -hmm. than the other. And then it was it was a design. You know, we're talking about like. This is something that was designed by God and that has meaning, you know, mm-hmm. right. we, you know, we're saying we should reverence and honor that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. 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 Um, well, maybe we can talk a little bit about the notion of gift here before we kind of close out. Is that okay? Okay. Like, yeah. So, yeah. So like, in both, right, in both natural conception and IVF, once again, like the the quality of gift of the human person is totally intact, right? Like we are all gifts. <laughs> like we, we say it a lot. We're, you know, we're gifts You're to one gift. another. Yeah. We're a gift. We're created as a gift. You don't have to do anything to be a gift, actually. Mm-hmm. Like we we execute love by the gift of self, but in our existence, we are gifts, so I guess maybe maybe we can just highlight again real quick like why this matters. <laughs> like like why why this matters if we're all just gifts, right? Yeah. Um I don't know, like I I'm just trying to think of other like thoughts that people might have that are like, well, this just like you don't understand or you just don't, you don't quite know. Mm. Like I do love my child or I, you know, I love my parents who chose to, con- you know, conceive me in this way. And like, that was a great act of love. And, mm. um, I guess I want to get kind of to the heart of like what it means to be given once again, like born and get like gift, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what it like, what is a, Yeah. What is a gift in, in us and who we are? Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's, that's ultimately the question. Mm-hmm. Um, what would John Paul II say? <laughs> I think that he would say, you know, not that I'm anywhere near as brilliant as him, but based on my studies, I think he would say that the gift is communicated through the physical reality. So it's again, this assertion that this assertion of and recovery of the sacramental worldview, that things mean things, right? And mm-hmm. nature is created to communicate God. Mm-hmm. We are created in a specific way as the image of God to communicate God. And our bodies not just our psyches, not just our intentions, but our bodies carry that meaning of the gift, right? Mm -hmm. And what's at stake is if we abandon this, which we are on a large scale, 
unfortunately abandoning this. Mm-hmm. The image of God in the world, the ability to see God is becoming obscured. So God is still there, right? God is still objectively there, mm-hmm. of course. But our ability to see him is obscured. In mm-hmm. is becoming obscured in our modern world because we don't yes. see the depth. We were talking about, you know, we closed with this last time too. This idea of seeing the depth of things. Yeah. We, we can't, we're very, it's very hard for us to see contemplatively anymore. And what that means is that we don't see God in the world around us. We don't see meaning in the world around us. We're yeah. numb to the meaning of things. And we treat the world with, a, with an attitude of use rather than reverence. And what's at stake is really our relationship with God. I know it sounds really dramatic, but I think that's ultimately what we'd have to conclude. Yeah. What's at stake is man's relationship with God, because there's no other way that man can have a relationship with God, but through the physical world. That is Mm -hmm. like the basic premise of Christianity. That's why God became man, is so that we could have a relationship with him. God became physical. He became concrete. He came to this world, became human, Mm -hmm. to have a relationship with us. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and exactly. That, and I mean, that's everything. Right. <laughs> the incarnation is everything. And so what we're it talking is. about are the, we're following the logical consequences of what does that mean that God became man? It means that all these things, you know, as we've developed through this entire podcast, like through uh, the meaning of the world around us. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to like, wow, that's really good, Morgan. And I want to add to that. I'm thinking of John Paul II when he said that like Christ came and revealed man to himself, right? He came so that man would know himself, Yeah. right? And so not only does this, if we sidestep, right, nature, we are not having, like we're not seeing God or we're not encountering or knowing God as well as we could, but but ourselves. Yeah. Like we actually don't know ourselves in that we are a gift. Yes, yeah, yeah, we talk about this, who is it the person that said we're homeless? I think that was actually Heidegger, oh. <laughs> Martin Heidegger, who's like this kind of kind of crazy atheist philosopher. But he had a really interesting things. He had he had some really interesting things to say about technology and the mm-hmm. modern, the movement towards modernity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was one of his big assertions: is that modern man is homeless because he doesn't see signif- he doesn't see significance in nature anymore. He thinks that nature yeah. is meaningless. So mm-hmm. we're kind of left in our we don't understand what we are as humans anymore because of this, right? Right. And and we so that's what's at stake. Yeah, yeah, and we're like big nature people. We talk about nature a lot, and people are probably like, "What? Like, <laughs> what does that even mean?" But I think as I'm talking about it now, I realize we're big on nature because nature reveals God. That's why we yeah. talk about it. Like yep. nature, the the existing things, their design, their order that is deeply connected to God. And who he is. And that's very significant in understanding everything. And then ourselves, like we said, like this, this idea of, of gift and being born and created from a natural process of love between two people. Like that's really, that's really important. That's really significant to understanding ourselves as a gift. And so when we, when we remove that, it's just, it's, it's harder. It's harder. Yeah. It's harder. Right. So, yeah. but I think, yeah. I think, oh, go ahead. You want to say something? No, no, I was just going to, I mean, I, I think we wanted to close this out with like, okay, so yeah. what does this mean? Like, 
say I'm, I was conceived of IBS Mm -hmm. or I have some kind of wound in my origin. Like we were talking about, like, how do I kind of recover from this? Because it's like, what's the answer? It's a heavy, yeah. It's really heavy. We all have questions of that and like wounds, as you said, and like we can feel guilt or we can feel like lesser, right? We could feel like bad about it. Like our intention is not to make people feel bad. We just, you know, want to offer our our thoughts on this, but Mm -hmm. like, I think that you can get really down, especially if you're like, you know, a perfectionist kind of melancholic person like me sometimes, like you, you can get down (laughs) about, yeah, you can get down about like, oh my gosh, this isn't ideal. And like, yeah, how do I recover from this? Perfect somehow. Yeah. And exactly. It, like, am I just like beyond recovery and mm-hmm. it's just my life is lost or something? Yeah. No. no, no. But no. I think, yeah, we want to, yeah. we want to like, I, I think I wanted to kind of offer um, something that I'm, so I'm, you can't really see right now, but I'm pregnant. Um, yeah. I'm six months pregnant. Six months pregnant? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and... <laughs> I was talking to one of the priests that um, married my husband and I um, this past year. And I was talking about like, um, you know, like how I'm going to raise this baby and like my fears of like, so say like I had a bad experience in school and like, I don't want that to happen to my child. And like, I have a lot of anxieties about that. Like I want it to be perfect for him. I want everything to be perfect. And like this perfect communication that he's, you know, loved all these things that we talk about. I want that to be completely perfect for my child. Um, and like, it terrifies me that like he could, you know, go to school or something and like not have, have that, you know, whatever that communication or the fact that he's loved, like messed up somehow. And like, how do I deal with that? Like, I just want my idea is just like, I want to protect him. Like maybe not even send him to school, just like keep under, (laughs) under my wing. Mm -hmm. I was telling, I was telling this priest this and he was saying like, he basically just said like Morgan, like, you know, those ways that like, you know, you felt that your origin or your um, circumstances in childhood or whatever in school or whatever didn't kind of were against you, like kind of messed you up. <laughs> um, he's saying like, how did that also not just contribute to your being? I mean, he's, it was actually a really beautiful compliment. He said that you're being a profound person, like your, your search for God in this life. Like, didn't that lead to this, who you are today, basically? Um, mm, and I was like, nice. yeah, it was just really, it really struck me. And I've been thinking about it a lot of this idea of like, you know, like you, everyone's going to have a wound in their origin in some way, you know, like we cannot, you cannot shield yourself from that. You cannot shield your children from that entirely. But God, the beautiful thing about Christianity is that God uses those wounds to like, to create an openness in your heart for him. So nothing is against us. That's like the most, I mean, for me, that's the most beautiful thing about Christianity is literally nothing is against us because of Christ Mm. and because of redemption. Like the most horrible thing could happen to you and it could somehow mysteriously be for you because of Christ, because of the cross and because of your participation in that, your ability to participate in that. And so I would just offer that to anyone who like is maybe triggered by what we're saying. Like we don't, that's not our intention. We're not trying to tell you that you're, again, lesser, like your humanity is like just screwed up permanently. Like, no, that's not the case. In fact, like I really, I've heard before and I really believe that like in these wounds, like God loves us more. God is actually more present to those of us who have been wounded in our origin than he is to other people. Cause I mean, that's how, that's how God's mercy and his 
is love works is it kind of i forgot who said this but i think it's so beautiful like it goes it's like water like hitting the ground like goes to the lowest place first Mm. right Mm -hmm. so it's it's that way with our with people who suffer right it goes god's love goes to the lowest place first Mm. the the, the place of the most suffering so Mm. i would just offer that like you know this is this doesn't mean anything for your relationship with god or your holiness in fact it could be an advantage who Mm. knows right so well thanks for sharing that that's really beautiful i like that story yeah Aww. Yeah, and congratulations on the baby. Oh. <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> Super excited! Now everybody yeah. will know. Yeah, <laughs> and you pray for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pray for us. Yeah. So awesome. Okay. Well, we'll wrap up there. Thank you, Morgan. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Megan. Yes. Agree. Yes. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening in and watching us. We appreciate your support and uh, just being open to hearing what we have to say. So we hope to see you next time and God bless you all.